0: Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast, bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tremel Gomes, reporting from the Florida Capitol, as Congressman Charlie Crist makes big promises for a second shot at the governor's mansion. If I'm elected governor, I will legalize marijuana in the Sunshine State. Some supervisors of elections across the state say Florida's new election law, which they were not consulted on, is costing them a lot of money to stay in compliance. Guarding the box
1: full time for 30 days before the election would cost an estimated $20,000 to $25,000 extra for his county.
0: And Governor Ron DeSantis declares retribution on Florida businesses for defying his orders against vaccine mandates. Businesses turn around and now they're imposing mandates. Then, then that protection, to me, uh, is something that we would probably uh, want to peel back from those businesses. Today's Sunrise interview explores how Florida's new election law adds new financial costs for some of Florida's 67 counties. We're going to be joined by reporter Natalia Galitza with Fresh Take Florida, who will talk about her in-depth coverage looking at the impact of Senate Bill 90. We've got all that, including other top stories trending around the state and capital. Plus, we have your calendar of political events and more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics.
1: Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting. It's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com.
0: And now the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, October 15th. Today is National Cheese Curd Day. Celebrate the velvety goodness of cheese National Latino AIDS Awareness Day The day highlights a specific community and their unique needs And it's also White King Safety Day Which represents the independence of those who are blind worldwide On this day in 1966, UEP Newton and Bobby Seale founded the Black Panther Party Its early mission was to protect African Americans from police brutality And in 1981, professional cheerleader, Crazy George Henderson, led what is thought to be the first audience wave in Oakland, California. Democratic Congressman Charlie Crist is finding it difficult to leave his past behind this week as he campaigns for another shot to be governor of the Sunshine State. On Thursday, Crist made this pledge. Let me be clear. If I'm elected governor, I will legalize marijuana in the Sunshine State. However, Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, a former marijuana lobbyist, perhaps felt Chris was getting too close to her turf and called him out. In a statement, Freed said former Republican governor and now Democratic candidate Charlie Crist released a plan to reform marijuana sentencing laws in Florida. The problem, she asked... Christ, as governor, was responsible for the implementation of many of those laws in the first place, she said. When it comes to the lucrative marijuana business, Florida's black farmers are finally going to be able to compete for the much sought after medical marijuana license. On Thursday, the DeSantis administration rolled out a process for those farmers to get designated licenses to grow, process and dispense medical marijuana. However, applicants for the black farmer license will have to pay a $146,000 non-refundable fee, which is more than double what prospective operators Paid in 2015, Commissioner Freed said the rule is discriminatory against black farmers. While back on his tour touting the success of monoclonal antibody treatments, Governor DeSantis vowed once again to fight the Biden administration over plans to mandate companies with more than 100 employees to require vaccinations for workers or submit them to weekly COVID testing. The governor was joined by new Surgeon General Dr. Joseph Lapido, who was asked to offer a scientific explanation as to why he doesn't believe mandates work. This is his response. The answer is that mandates are not a scientific question, really. They're they're a philosophical question. So, you know, so the piece that I would say that is scientific is that when you make it hard for people to avoid something, then they tend not to, you know, they tend not to avoid it. So, yes, you exert pressure and people change behavior. You know, that's, that's true for many different things. But mandates are really about... They're about autonomy. They're about who controls whose life, you know. They're about whether kids belong to the parents or are they, or whether they're instruments of the state in terms of some of these uh, mandates related to masks. So, so that's it's a philosophical question. Dr. Lapido was appointed to the Surgeon General post on September 21st. He replaced Scott Rifkes. Following our mention on yesterday's program about SB 90, today we learned Florida counties will require more than $140,000 in added funding to meet requirements of the new election law signed by Governor Ron DeSantis. Fresh Take Florida reporter Natalia Galitza talked with several of the state's supervisors of elections to see how they are dealing with managing implementation of the law and its added costs. So Natalia Galitza, welcome to Sunrise. Thank you so much for joining us. We covered yesterday the issue of Senate Bill 90, Florida's new elections law. I understand you, through your reporting with Fresh Take Florida, you looked at the financial costs for some counties with dealing with this law. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, well, I guess to start off, um, Senate Bill 90, which was proposed by Republican Ocala Senator Dennis Baxley as a means of voter protection did catch some supervisors of elections a little bit off guard only in terms of timing Um, being as it was signed into law by Governor DeSantis this May following the last year's presidential election that Governor DeSantis claimed made Florida a model for the rest of the nation to follow. So in terms of timing, it may have caught a few supervisors of elections off guard. Um, And in terms of the costs associated with this new law, um, there are changes being made, the most contested changes being those made to the vote by mail option and the guarding of ballot drop-off boxes that some counties were not previously doing. Um, Some larger counties like Miami-Dade County and Orange County had already mandated the guarding of their ballot drop-off boxes, so some counties did not see an increase in their funding due to that provision, but others like Alachua County, Flagler County, and Putnam County have gotten back to me in terms of um, the guarding of ballot drop-off boxes causing a significant increase in their budget funding for the upcoming election cycles.
0: And what is the increase looking like? Are they in the thousands?
1: Yes. So in terms of Alachua County and the guarding of ballot drop-off boxes, that would cause an extra $16,500. And Flagler County mentioned that um, guarding the ballot drop-off boxes would require Flagler County to diminish the amount of ballot drop-off boxes offered from 10 last year to just one this year because due to paying a off-duty law enforcement officer or an employee of the elections office to guard that ballot drop-off box for the entire duration that it is open to voters, it would require about $7,000 per drop-off box. And Supervisor of Election Charles Overturf of Putnam County similarly cited that uh, guarding the box full-time for 30 days before the election would cost an estimated $20,000 20000 to $25,000 extra for his county.
0: From your reporting and speaking to those supervisors, including Alachua County's Kim Barton, what are they saying about this law and these changes that basically was a surprise to them? Are these changes that they needed, that they welcomed?
1: Well, most supervisors of elections were mostly just providing a breakdown of the cost, didn't provide too much commentary in terms of whether it would be I guess, preferable or not for these changes to have been made. But I did speak to one supervisor of elections in Manatee County, Michael Bennett, who even though he did not report any additional uh, increase in funding for his county, he stated how many supervisors of elections like him are wondering whether or not the law ought to be revisited solely because um, he anticipated or rather hoped that the input of supervisors of elections across Florida would have been solicited prior to the bill turning into a law.
0: So what did you find most interesting about this story?
1: What I found most interesting is, you know, there's been a lot of talk about SB 90, of course, in terms of it being either for voter protection or critics claim voter suppression. Um, But we don't have a lot of information yet into how it will actually end up shaping in terms of cost and additional public money spent to abide by these different changes and mandates that are included in the law. So it's interesting to also see a difference in terms of how it's going to impact some smaller counties versus some larger counties. Many larger counties, like I had mentioned before, already had some of the provisions that are introduced in the new law put forth in practice. Um, But many smaller counties, of course, um, have not. And there's also an impact in terms of how dense those counties are and how they're spread out, how many early voting sites each county offers, and um, in terms of how large the Supervisor of Elections Office staff is, because for Small counties who may not have a large staff, they may need to hire off-duty law enforcement officers, which introduces a potentially greater cost than, say, having a staff member of the elections office be the person guarding ballot drop-off boxes for the county.
0: So any reaction from Senator Baxley and the impact of the law that he put forth?
1: not in terms of anything super recent, but I do know that he did claim at one point um, that Senate Bill 90 was intended to make voting easier, but make cheating harder. Um, So kind of in line with that idea of instilling more voter protection. Um, But it's just interesting, I guess, to see how that is taken by those who are tasked with actually running elections in terms of whether people believe that it is a proponent of voter protection or rather something that is jeopardizing the convenience of voting for electorates across Florida.
0: Thanks to Natalia Galitza with Fresh Take Florida, a new service of the University of Florida College of Journalism and Communications. Here's your calendar of events meeting virtually this morning, the Florida Board of Respiratory Care, along with the Florida Board of Clinical Laboratory Personnel. The state revenue estimating conference will hold what is known as an impact conference at the Capitol and agriculture commissioner Nikki Freed, a Democrat running for governor in 2022, is slated to speak to the Tampa Tiger Bay Club at noon. Similar to his threats to counties, which he later began doling out fines, Governor Ron DeSantis has been warning businesses to watch out or they will be fined for asking customers for proof of vaccination. On Thursday, he said liability protections passed to protect businesses from COVID claims and lawsuits could be on the chopping block. We worked very hard in Florida to provide protections against COVID liability for businesses because we worried about People just going in and starting to sue to say, hey, I was in your business and I caught COVID, therefore it's your fault, which is that's just not the way respiratory viruses work. We've never done it that way. So we provided good protection, but you know, if businesses turn around and now they're imposing mandates, then then that protection, to me, uh, is something that we would probably uh, want to peel back from those businesses. The protections for businesses were seen as some of the most aggressive in the country. SB 72 was the first out of the 2021 legislative session that the governor signed. Finally, as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in for today's Sunrise. I'm Tremel Gomes at the Capitol, inviting you to join us again next week for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.